Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this time together as we discuss um, leaving a legacy of prayer. Father, you raised us up for such a time as this to, to know you and to walk with you and to be a person of prayer. Father, may we not fail the next generation by not passing what we've learned and even, even helping them to stand um, and, and, and build from our successes and learn from our mistakes. Father, we, we pray right now in the name of Jesus as we dive into the subject that you'll grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. And we thank you. We give your name glory and honor. Grant unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. 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 It's good to be with you all today. And uh, we're going to talk about leaving a legacy of prayer. And this is an exciting subject for me. I, I have over 15 years of youth ministry. Uh, I am a parent of one five-year-old who's going on 50. <laughs> and then I got, I got one that is coming in, coming in two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, amen. So y'all pray my strength. <laughs> pray that he doesn't come before my wife's surprise shower. <laughs> oh, so y'all pray. Um, uh, all right, so let's think about this. Let's talk about legacy. What is legacy? Legacy means something left by will, something handed down from an earlier time. You know, you think about those people who are wealthy. They, a lot of times they leave uh, inheritance for their children. And the Bible says a, well, uh, a good man will leave an inheritance for his children's children. How much more should we as the people of God leave a spiritual inheritance? How many had parents that were saved? Amen. And it's because of their faith that we're able to obtain and walk in what we have and even their prayers. And so um, let's I got a couple of scriptures for our basis. Let's go to Psalm 71, Psalm 71, um, verses 17. I'm going to read out of the English Standard Version. Um, if you're not familiar with that um, translation, of, um, um, it's, it's a really great translation. Um, I actually used, used it and discovered it when I was a youth pastor. Um, and I'm like, wow, I, I just, just hung up. And it's built upon the traditions of King James. So it's called the English Standard Version, ESV. Um, Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18. It says this, O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I will still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to a, another generation and your power to all those to come. So here's King David who had, who had um, another generation on his mind. I think sometimes we can get selfish in our 
um, in our generation. We think about us and what God wants to do in us and through us. But what if the revival that we're praying for doesn't happen to us, but happens to our children or our children's children? Um, the prosperity that we're believing for, what, what if it doesn't happen in its totality to us, but to our children, children's children? Um, David was generational minded. He prayed for sufficient strength to transmit what he knew of God to those coming after him. I think that that's a prayer that we should have. God, give me the strength to transmit what you have taught me to the next generation. David was aligning himself perfectly with what God was designed uh, designed for his life and by implication for yours and mine. He, he, he was saying, God, teach. you've taught me as a young boy, and now that I'm older, give me the strength so I can teach the next generation and also the generation to come. Yes. Nowadays, people are talking about the millennials, right? It's all about them. But let me tell you, there's a generation coming after that. That's right. And so don't build a church or a ministry on the millennials because right. one day they're going to be older. <laughs> So we got to think beyond just the next generation, but the generations after. Let's go to Psalm 78. We're going to talk about leaving a legacy of prayer. Psalm 78. Glory to God. I'm going to try not to preach. I'm, I got to remember this is a workshop. <laughs> Psalm 78 verses 1 through 7. It, it simply says this. Um, Give ear, O, o my people. To my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable and I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Let's look at that. Verse 4. It says, We will not hide them from their children. But tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord in his might and the wonders that he has done. It says, he established a testimony of Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children. That the next generation may know them. Notice this next part. And the children get what? Unborn. And arise and to tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God yeah. and keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yes. So, so we're to, um, even as David said, we are to prepare to teach the things of God to the next generation and to the generation that's unborn. So this is my foundation uh, before we get into how do we practically leave a legacy of prayer. And my last textual uh, foundational text is Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. This is um, a familiar scripture to, to, to most of us. Acts chapter 10, 1 through 4. Acts chapter 10, 1 through 4. When you got it, let me know you got it. Um, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, yeah. a centurion of what was known to the Italian cohort, mm. a devout man mm. who feared God with all his household mm. and gave alms generously to the people 
and pray continually to God. Sounds like Pastor Mark's message, right? He prayed continually to God. That's that persistent prayer. Persistent in my prayer. I just love that. I mean, that was a powerful message. I, I, I could have just fed off of that all day. You know, just... Um, um, but he, he prayed continually to God. And, and the, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw, a clear, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Let's just stop there. Um, the theme of this um, this prayer summit is ascending to higher heights through prayer. Here, Cornelius was a devout man, and he feared God along with his household. So here we see Cornelius transmitting the fear of God to his generation, to the next generation, his household. And he goes on, he says um, that he was a giver, and he prayed continually to the Lord. And the angel of God told him that his prayers and his sacrificial giving ascended as a memorial to the Lord. Man, our giving and our prayers is a memorial before the Lord. And Malachi says that there's a book of remembrance, that God has taken down the things that we do. And so just to encourage you, um, how's your prayers going? How's your giving? Uh, a person of prayer most likely is a person of giving. It's a giving person. If you are a prayerful person, then you are a giver. You can give without much prayer, but you can't pray without much giving. Um, your giving should come out of an overflow of your prayer life. So as you pray, the Lord will deal with you, whether giving of forgiveness, giving of your time, he will instruct you. The Lord will lead you concerning how much to give. And, 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 and as you encounter him with prayer, through prayer, he will lead you and order your steps. So leaving a legacy of prayer starts with being a person of prayer. Just being a person who's full of prayer. You can't leave something that you don't have. And so the theme of this um, workshop, uh, this workshop is called Leaving a Legacy of Prayer. So you can't leave a legacy of prayer if you don't pray yourself. Have you ever seen somebody try to transmit something that they don't have? You know, sometimes um, my spiritual father used to say, um, empty hands on empty heads. You know, trying to transfer something or transmit something that isn't there. And so we got to be careful about that. Um, and that leads me to this. What is prayer? What is prayer? Um, many times people have, I, 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 I'm fortunate, I'm, I'm a little bit over 30 as well. <laughs> and um, I'm fortunate to have um, grew up in the faith. My mother was a teenager when she had me. She was 17. And my father was about 21. He could have went to jail. <laughs> I'm grateful for, you know, God using them to bring me into this world. And uh, my mom got saved while she was four. I mean, excuse me, when I was four. Um, little bit before I got saved. She got saved going to college. She was going to college and a wonderful woman of God, woman of prayer, was her um, counselor at the college. And um, just imagine that God putting people in the right places. 
And, um, and so she met this wonderful woman of God. And this woman um, was an evangelist, um, recognized in the Church of God in Christ. And, and she began to have Thursday night Bible study in her home. And uh, these women and men start coming and sitting at her feet as she began to tell them about the things of God. And my mom got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit while attending this wonderful Baptist church <laughs> that denied the power of God. And, and, and yet this woman was beginning to teach her the things. Of, and so my mom began to teach me the things of God. And a lot of times the way that I pray is because I heard her pray. Um, uh, so I grew up in church at, from four years old, got filled with the Holy Spirit at six and, and got baptized in water about seven. But I, I, I've been to a lot of prayer meetings. And I, to be honest with you, I, I have been discontent with the, most of them. You know, it's usually um, they're usually too quiet or too loud, you know, and usually it's like they're missing it. Something missing it. You know, they, you got one person hold on, another person hang in, you know, you're just like, OK, what do I do? And, and then you got then you got some prayer meetings to turn into prophetic meetings. Uh, so you got to be careful about that. Some, you know, a lot of times when you pray, you'll get a word, but it's not always for you to give it. You know, um, sometimes it's for you to sit on it and to meditate on it. And so sometimes I have to be careful, even when prayer with my family, I get a word. It's like constantly you're like, OK, do I give it? Do I wait? And you have to seek the wisdom of God when to do it. And you don't want to turn a prayer meeting into a prophetic meeting. Every time you come together, you got to get a word to each other. So be, be careful of that. And because you can transmit that to the next generation. You know, uh, and so we got to make sure uh, we understand what prayer is. So with that in mind, let's just talk about what prayer is not. Prayer is not asking God for things. It includes asking God for things, but it's not just asking God for things. Amen. 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 So, so, so we don't want to transmit prayer as if we're begging God for something every time we approach his throne. Um, another thing prayer is not is a religious ritual. You've seen people just pray out of their flesh or out of their mind and not really trying to connect with the Holy Spirit. So it's not a religious ritual. Um, prayer, and I'll put this down, is not begging God. Prayer is not begging God. Um, Pastor Mark said prayer is you need to pray in faith. And so God is a faith God. Everything about God requires faith. Um, prayer is not vain repetitions. Um, some will call it a mantra, a sacred verbal formula or repeated prayer used as a chant. We got to be careful about that. You know, that sometimes people, um, you know, you got the Hail, Hail Marys and different stuff. And, and, and you're, you're thinking, well, let me just say this prayer like this. Um, I know that sometimes you, your, your, your mood of prayer could be vain. You ever seen somebody who, and, and I don't want to offend anybody, but when they pray, they, they whine. Oh, God. You know, and every time they pray, they go to that place. Be careful. You can get in a religious rut of praying like that. Sometimes it's needed to repent. You know, it's needed a time of weeping. Um, James tells us, you know, tells people to, to, to repent, to, to howl out. You know, and there's a time for that. But then there is a time where there's joy. Yes. And there's a time of silence. Sometimes you just you come and you, you're quiet. 
I had the Lord tell me, you, you talk too much. I actually, um, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase it. He actually told me to shut up. He said, shut up. I want to minister to you. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says, be still, which means to be stay, to stay. Don't move. Be quiet. Quiet your mind. Quiet your heart. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. And so we have to make ourselves. That is a spiritual discipline. The spirit, um, the discipline of solitude. I'm learning to be quiet. And sometimes you, you get in a rut where you're praying and you're always Sit talking. Your whole father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the And this is like it's it's a religious, it's religious spirit. And we gotta guard against that. Sometimes like, Holy Spirit, He has been sent to help us. Holy Spirit, help me to pray to the Father. Show me what I need to say and don't say. Teach me, oh God, your ways. And allow his word and allow his spirit to order your, your prayer time and how to pray. Sometimes it'll be, it'll be a time of great violence of, of intercession. Mm-hmm. Other times there'll be uh, praise and worship. You may dance and you, and you, and you may lay prostrate. Yes. God wants to do all. There's all types. Of, I think there's a workshop coming after lunch called Types of Prayers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have lumped all prayers into one type of prayer. Every time you pray, it's not supposed to be intercession. Every time you pray, it's not supposed to be praise and worship. It's, it's, it's the wonders of God. It shouldn't just be in tongues. I come from a church that is called the prayer center, and we prayed in tongues all the time. Every Friday night was a shut-in. And my former pastor, former former pastor, he prayed, um, to this day, he prays eight hours a day in tongues. And it's, you're talking about miracles, you just say Jesus and stuff happens. And he, he fasts 40 days every year. <laughs> the church goes on a 40-day fast. I'm not talking about these modified 40 days. I'm just nothing but water. Um, so that's where I come from. And he has had the dead raised. And he's been to India where there's a little boy who couldn't grow teeth. And he says, if God doesn't perform a miracle and fill his mouth with teeth, he's not God. And he prays. He lays his hands and says, in the name of Jesus. And, and, the, and the little boy had a mouth full of teeth. Yes. And he can sit there, my, my former former pastor, sit there and read your mail and tell you everything that's going on in your life. And one day, one day he did a six-day fast. Nothing but water under the instruction of his, his, um, his physician. And he prayed for his wonderful Sunday school teacher, and the devil came out. <laughs> and so this is, what he, this is where I come from. You know? And so that church got into a rut of all they did is pray in tongues. And so they were deficient in praying with their understanding. The perfect will of God is for you to pray in the spirit yes. and pray with your understanding. Yes. First Corinthians 14, 14. Yes. And so don't get caught up in just praying all in English. That's our Baptist friends and, and, and different ones who don't fit, who don't believe or embrace the infillment of the Holy Spirit. That's all they do is pray with their understanding. Yeah. So they're deficient in praying in the spirit. Right. And then we have our charismatic friends and Pentecostal friends. Right. And all they do is just pray in the spirit. If I can just. And then they just it's not. We're missing out. Yeah. We got to have both. Yeah. The spirit will lead you in your, in your understanding. And he will lead you with in the spirit as well. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so vain repetitions or vain moods of prayer. Um, prayer is not a monologue. It shouldn't be one-sided. He will teach you how to pray. He will show you what to pray for and how to pray for individuals. 
Prayer is not a duty or a task. You know, oh, I got a burden to pray. Oh, like, no, I get to pray. I get to pray. I don't have to pray. I get to pray. It's not a burden. Uh, This is a big one. Prayer is not something we do to fill in the service. Guest speakers running late. Let's pray, people of God. No, we're, we're, using, we're misusing prayer. We're filling in the service by empty prayers. Um, prayer is not a magical formula. You know, you, you think like, let me just, you know, Lord, you know, let me get my, my prayer. You know, it's, it's like I was talking to Mom Graham, um, and, and we were talking about how sometimes in our Pentecostal circle, we have um, like um, rabbit foot <laughs> um, religion. What, 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 you know, like, oh, let me just pray this prayer. You know, this prayer work. You know, and it's it's like we, we we again, once again, we're putting our faith in ourselves, and 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 and, and, and oh, this altar is is holy. So so you know, come feel the anointing, as if that no, God is holy. Yes. The, the reason why it's anointed is because God is there. Yes. Um, this is a big one. Prayer is not an excuse for not doing what is needed to do in the natural. Prayer is not an excuse for not doing what is needed in the natural. Sometimes we use prayer as an excuse. You know, when God says, okay, pay your tithes, I need to pray about that. You don't have to pray. There's some things you don't have to pray about. It tells you to pay your tithes, to to give offerings, to witness. You don't have to pray about witnessing. Just go pray. You need to pray how to witness and how to be effective, but just do it. Sometimes we make it deep, it, and it's like, oh, you know, I, I wonder if the Lord wants me to have a job. <laughs> if you, you know what I'm saying? Man, don't eat. You shouldn't eat. I mean, don't work. You don't eat. And so, so get a job. <laughs> I, I'm preaching a message in a, a series called "Discovering Your Place in God's Kingdom," and I, and one of the things I put is, in order to discover your place in God's kingdom, is find a job and stay with it. <laughs> so many saying, "Oh, the Lord led me here," and they're there two, every two weeks. They just get in a new job. Uh, and the last but not least, prayer is, n- is not about us, but about God. Yes. So let me tell you what prayer is. Remember, we're talking about leaving a legacy of prayer. Prayer is communion with Heavenly Father. It is communion with Heavenly Father. It is connecting with God. Through this medium. Prayer is communion with Heavenly Father. There is a common union. We all are united with Christ. The Bible says um, in John chapter 15, I am the branch and you are the branches. The Father is the, the vine dresser. And so we are, we, there, there's a union we have with Jesus. First yes. Corinthians chapter um, 7 talks about the, he that is one with the Lord is one spirit. And so we have this union with Heavenly Father. When we pray, we're in contact with God. Every time you pray, you need to be in contact with God. Religion contacts you with yourself, but prayer, true prayer, connects you with Heavenly Father. And so there was a man who went down. Jesus talked about a parable. One man who went down and he prayed. He talked about himself. And the Bible says he prayed with himself. How many saints pray with themselves? And then you have this one guy. He says, Lord, I know I'm a a sinner and I I need you. And and the Bible says he received righteousness. 
And so every time we pray, that needs to be an exchange, an exchange of our will for his, an exchange for our pride, for his humility, our exchange from our worries for his peace, for our lack, for his prosperity, our sickness for his health. There, there is an exchange that takes place when we pray. So every time you pray, do you, do you know that whole, all of heaven opens up when you pray? The Bible says in six, John 16 verse 23, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. We have heaven's resources at, at our reach when we pray. Jesus gave us a blank check and signed it and says fill in the blanks. Prayer is communion with Heavenly Father. God wants us to just come to him and just sit at his feet and tell him how much we love him, how good he is. Prayer is also seeking God and petitioning him. Um, I like this definition. Prayer is partnering with God to bring his will to pass upon the earth. Prayer is partnering with God. The Bible tells us we're co-laborers together with him. And so let's labor together in prayer, bringing his will to pass. John Wesley says it is doing business with God. Prayer is doing business with God. If we want to do the father's business, we got to pray. Amen. We got to pray. Prayer is it's through this channel that we are changed forevermore. And we know that prayer changes things. Even if we are the things that are in need of changing. Prayer is changing things. Even if we are the things that are in need of changing. Um, the Bible tells us to speak to the mountain. Be cast into the sea. Even if we are the mountain that needs to be in the sea. Amen. Prayer is a tool that we can hear from God and discern his will. Uh, let's talk about leaving a legacy of prayer. Your prayers have the potential to affect generations. Since I was a little boy, I've been praying for my, my children. I actually prayed for my children more than I prayed for my wife. I remember being six and seven years old praying for my children. And I began to pray for my grandchildren. I was six, seven years old. And I, I can't explain it, but I just never heard a message about it, but just was aware that I wanted my prayers to affect other generations. Um, what a testimony it would be that if we prayed, even for generations, people connected to us that we'll never, ever see until we meet, go to heaven. Yes. The Lord still works on the earth through prayer. Yes. And don't underestimate the power of prayer. Yes. Prayer that are, that are, prayers that are saturated, saturated with scriptures and filled with the promptings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit will forever Change to earth and even heaven. Prayers. Heaven awaits for someone to take their place in Christ and pray heaven down. Pray heaven down. Jesus taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we can pray heaven down. We can pray heaven down. Thank you so much. God bless you. Great is your reward. <laughs> I was secretly praying that. <laughs> I was like, Lord, please. <laughs> um, most believers live and never reach heaven with their prayers. The prayers just bounce off the ceiling. 
never goes beyond that. Um, give you an example of legacy, leaving a legacy of prayer. Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. Leaving a legacy of prayer. Let's look at verse 9. Um, it says, pray then like this. You know, the disciples were asking Jesus, the master, how to pray. He says, um, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. <laughs> um, he he, he kind of he introduces the fatherhood of God. Um, the world calls him God, but the believer calls him Father. Yes. Romans 8, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So it's natural for us as believers to call God Father. Yes. Father God. I mean, it's just that he's our very own Father. Yes. Our Father, in, who are in heaven or in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yes. As a youth pastor, I used to have a time that was called hallow time. Where we would spend like 15 minutes hallowing the name of the Lord. Yes. Before we approach, uh, ask any, have any needs. Uh, begin to speak well of his name. Yes. Hallowed be your name. Holy, set apart. I mean, we, we had to break down hallow and, and we would go into, you know, your, your El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Your Jehovah Rapha, yes. the Lord who heals. You, 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 you're the Lord who, who's our banner and so forth. And we begin to just declare and speak well of the names of the Lord. And then it goes on, he says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is before we get to our needs. First thing is recognize God the Father. Second is to speak well of him. Enter to his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Yes. So don't come um, just rushing right into the throne without a, without a sacrifice of praise. Yes. Without recognizing who he is. Amen. And it goes on. He says, then pray for my agenda or pray for my purposes. Pray for my will to be done. Pray for my king, my dominion to be upon the earth and in your life. Seek it with all your heart. Before you get to your needs, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. I got you. But just do this protocol of prayer. And then he goes on, he says, then give us this day, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, and, and, and as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, sometimes people go right into spiritual warfare, and they're binding the devil. I, I mean, it's like they go immediately, and they, they have made prayer into a time of rebuking the enemy. Sometimes if, if you're in that mode, God will lead you in that. But, but most of the time, your prayer should be about the Father. Yes. Stop bringing up the enemy. <laughs> he already defeated the enemy through his son, Jesus. So just remind the enemy, you're defeated. I remember every time I used to pray, I used to bind something. You know, and I'm like, and God says, what are you doing? Bind your binding. You know, you, know, you don't always have to bind the enemy. Just exalt me. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. And so sometimes all it takes is a praise and the enemy is bound. Amen. And so he goes on, he talks about, you know, he goes, this is, yours is the kingdom and the power and dominion forever and ever. So this legacy of prayer, leaving a legacy of prayer, the Lord Jesus through his earthly ministry, constantly, we constantly saw him praying. He prayed in the morning, he prayed in the afternoon, he prayed in the evening. 
He lived in the flow of prayer. So this is an example of the Lord Jesus leaving us a legacy of prayer. He left that for us. This is how you pray. Now, religion has said that we need to pray like this all the time. Jesus didn't say that. He says, pray like this. Make sure your prayers are similar to this. Make sure you're recognizing Father. Make sure you're praying for the will. Make sure you're praying for your needs. Make sure you're praying um, to, for your daily needs. Make sure you're praying concerning being, forgiving others. Uh, your relationships. Your physical needs and your social needs and your spiritual needs, the fight against sin. Make sure you're praying concerning the areas where the enemy is able to pull triggers. Uh, guard against that. Do not be ignorant concerning Satan's devices because our sins, our temptations, our different temptations are custom made. And so we need to pray specifically for those things. God, deliver me from strange women and unreasonable, wicked men and deliver me from. From that which has bound me. Oh God, let it take everything out. Going back to Psalm 51. Anything that's in me that is not like you. Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Deal with my heart. Deal with the lack of integrity. Deal with those inner parts. This is what Lord Jesus prayed for us. This is what he left for us to pray. Amen. That, that, what an example what an example of how to pray. Let me, let me make this statement right here. <laughs> um, everything, everything that the Lord Jesus Christ did outside of the, his substitutionary work of the cross was an example and a revelation of how we're called to live. Jesus did not heal as, the, as God. He healed as a man anointed by God. He prayed as a man anointed by God. And so he gave us this example. Over 2,000 years later, we're still praying this prayer. This is Jesus leaving a legacy of prayer. My time is getting away from us. I want to open up for questions. But John chapter 17 tells us um, it's... It's really the Lord's Prayer. You know, we've, we call Matthew 6 the Lord's Prayer, but it's really, that's really the disciples' prayer. Um, Jesus did not pray this. How do we know that? Because he didn't need forgiveness of sins. So he didn't pray that. <laughs> um, he just taught them how to pray. Um, John chapter 17 is called the Lord's High Priestly Prayer. And in that prayer, he's praying that we will be one. He's praying that... Um, those, those disciples who are with him and those who will believe on the disciples' words. And how many know that that prayer is still being answered today? The Father is still answering the prayer that Jesus prayed over 2,000 years ago. Today, he's praying to make us one. Um, uh, we, 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 we're not going to go into detail, but Paul left a legacy of prayer. You got Ephesians prayer, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians um, second chapter 3, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Th- those are different prayers in which the apostle has left us. Um, your prayers have the ability to affect people you'll never meet until they arrive in heaven. Um, 
you, your prayers can change your grandchildren, their children, their children's children, their children's children, and so forth. So take time to pray for the generations. Okay, here are my application. This is the practical side. One, become, become a prayer person to prayer, a, a praying person. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Become a praying person. The second point is pray beyond your circumstances in life. Pray with the next generation in your heart and on your mind. Pray beyond your circumstances in life. Pray with the next generation in your heart and on your mind. That's Romans 8.26. My next one is to transmit what we have. So let's go over to Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. I'm reading it out of the King James Version. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. It says this. Um, then Peter said, um, Acts chapter 3, verse 6. And then Peter said, this is Peter and John going down to the gate called Beautiful. And there was a, a, a man who's begging and asking for alms or asking for money. In verse 6, it says, And then Peter, Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. And he goes on and says, in the name of the Lord Jesus, or the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Um, transmit what we have. So what, what do we have? And the point I want to bring out is that he says, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, I give you thee. Um, you need, we need to give, not just you, but we need to give the next generation what we have. Our knowledge of God of prayer. Um, allow the next generation to hear us pray. Yes. Sometimes people are so secret concerning prayer. But, but they need to hear us pray. Um, in your churches, take a young person um, for prayer and say, hey, come and, and sit with me while we pray. Whether you have prayer meetings um, at a different night or on Sunday morning, get that young person with you and say, let's, let's pray. You have a relative in your home or your child or your grandchild. Get on your knees and go to your and say, hey, come, let's, let's have family prayer. I think one of, the things, one of the things that we're missing is family worship, a family devotion. And, 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 and that's one of the ways we transmit what we have. My dad um, and my mom had family prayer. She married a, a man of God and... Um, and that's how I got from down south to New Jersey. And um, he was a Holy Ghost filled man. And, and, and he had family worship and we prayed together. He'd get on his knees and have everybody else. And, and we were praying and I heard him cry. And I heard him repent before God. And so therefore I'm, I'm commanded or, or have an example or compelled to even repent when I mess up in front of my children. And so let us transmit what we have. Um, the next generation needs to see how we flow with the Spirit in prayer. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, prayer can be taught to our minds, but it's actually caught by the Spirit. 
um, you catch the spirit of prayer. So get around people who really pray and really touch heaven and actually pray heaven and earth down so that you can catch that spirit of prayer. And, and, and I remember growing up with, with that wonderful woman of God who led my mom to the Lord, that, that counselor. Um, they, she would bring all the kids and had all the kids, all these single women or some who were married had their kids. And, and she would pray in the spirit and pray in English. And she would go back and forth. And you would see the spirit of God moving and flowing through her. And she would begin to pray for the town that we lived in. Do you know that that town is saturated with Holy Ghost filled churches now? Amen. But when she was coming along, it was like Baptist, Amy, and that's it. And besides Catholic, no word churches, no Holy Ghost filled churches, maybe one church of God in Christ. But it, it wasn't no real word, Holy Ghost filled, spirit, spiritual gifts and so forth. And she would pray and pray for the pray for the town. And when she died, that town began to churches begin to pop up all over and to the point where you go in. I mean, into the into the grocery stores, you hear Christian music. Amen. I mean, she prayed for a, a Christian radio station. I remember as a teenager, I, I grew up down in South Jersey. We didn't have an a, a FM Christian radio station. I am convinced the reason why we got one now in Philly, in, in the Philly area, is because I prayed as a teenager. Amen. I said, Lord, we need a Christian. You know, I was tempted to listen to the other stuff. I was like, Give me something to listen to. And, and I'm telling you, that woman of God prayed. So we need to uh, set an example for the other generation to see us. Pray in the spirit and pray with the understanding and flow prophetically in that vein. Praying out the mysteries and praying in English and, 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 and doing spiritual warfare, for warfare and, 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 and dethroning Satan. I mean, through prayer, kingdom prayers, um, exalting Jesus, causing the gospel to be heard. Amen. Um, nowhere do we find um, the where, where Paul says he desired for his people to be saved. He prays that his people are saved. But, but you, you see the New Testament prayer for salvation is you praying that God will open their eyes and God will send laborers. So that's how we pray for the lost. Open their eyes and send the right people. Um, two more. is um, Your prayers and praise will be learned by other generations. So how you pray and how you praise God Praise is the highest type of prayer. Praise is the highest type of prayer. So don't separate prayer from praise. It's just a different form of pray, prayer. Praise is. And so they need to hear you speak well of Heavenly God, Father God. And last but not least, disciple others through prayer. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. It talks about the Great Commission and we're to teach others. And so, disciple, leaving a legacy of prayer, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but you, you're, you're, you become a person of prayer. You pray beyond your generation, your situation. You transmit what you have. You pray, your prayers and prayers, your praise and your prayers will be learned by others. Disciple others through prayer. So let them see you pray. You pray with them. You pray for them. Pray for their prayer life. You be that model. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, 
You can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.